Views and opinions of any of the guests of After Hours AM are not necessarily the views and opinions of After Hours AM, its hosts, its staff, or any of its affiliates. Welcome to the After Hours program. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army from the planet Mars. This is the latest disclosure, a report from National Civil Defense Headquarters in Washington. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Wait a minute, something's happening. Humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. Welcome to After Hours AM Deeper Cuts. Cutting deep into what skills. And like the man said, welcome to After Hours AM Deeper Cuts. And this is the very, very first episode, very first one ever of After Hours AM Deeper Cuts. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis. You know me from everything else that's out there After Hours AM. But I got a cool, cool, awesome co-host with me that, yeah, you might have heard here and there. But I'd like to welcome him as part of the official After Hours AM broadcast team and family. Greg Bakken is with us, and he, of course, brings a ton of knowledge with him. And I'm just pleased to have you aboard, Greg. Joel, wow, I can't believe it. We've, we've talked about this for so long, and now here we are. And uh, I just want to talk paranormal now for the next couple hours, if that's Heck, all right with yeah, you. Hey, that's just fine. And, of course... <clears throat> you you guys can always tune in tomorrow night. Now we're also going to be doing After Hours AM Criminal Code with Gary McFadden. He will be coming on. And, of course, he is from the ID Discovery Channel I Am Homicide program. You're really going to like that episode. If you're a big true crime person, like true crime at all, Gary really brings it in this interview. And you're going to love to hear what he says. We did a bit of a pre-record today with him because he's actually an active investigator. So we had mm-hmm. to kind of work around his schedule, but he really brings it. And then, of course, Nick Groff will be on Thursday show. You're not going to want to miss that. And then, uh, of course, he's bringing uh, St. Booth. What was her first name? I know it sounds very unprofessional. Unpro- El- Elizabeth Saint. That's Elizabeth what it was. Saint. Elizabeth Saint will be with him. And normally I'm used to having him and Katrina on. That's why it slipped me up because, you know, Katrina Weidman is usually with him because they do Paranormal yep. Lockdown. This is for uh, Shepherdstown, the new season of Shepherdstown. So you want to tune in for that. Now, Greg, man, we got a lot of stuff lined up. We, we have a full plate of events in front of us. And if you won't mind, we'll give people a rundown where they can catch us and meet us and go, hey, I know you guys on the radio. Well, first of all, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's coming up on uh, August 11th, Joel. Um, I don't know if you are familiar, but uh, back a couple of years ago, USA Today had named a hotel in Sox Center, Minnesota, the Palmer House, as the most 
haunted hotel in the United States. Now, um, I've had the I've been lucky enough to investigate there a number of times, and it's never disappointed. Good friends of ours um, has invited uh, both you, myself, uh, Nicole, who's the other part of Minnesota Ghost Box with us, uh, to an event that is taking place that's open to the public August 11th through the 13th. And basically what it is, it's a Friday night start, uh, goes all day Saturday. Both nights you're going to be able to do some investigation of the Palmer House, uh, these these uh, fine folks at Things That Go Bump Minnesota. They're going to show you how to properly investigate, which is a big deal because, you know what, honestly, after the years I've been doing this, I see a lot of people who don't quite know it, and these guys do. So they're going to show us, you're going to speak at this thing, I'm going to speak at this thing. So it's going to be pretty awesome, Joel. Yeah, it and, is. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, it's, you have to go to really experience it because everyone takes care of you. And plus you're at a very historic location. And so I just wanted to say that if you're interested in this event, once again, it's August 11th through August 13th at uh, the Palmer House in Sox Center, Minnesota, put on by Things That Go Bump Minnesota. You can go to uh, get tickets at www.thingsthatgobumpmn.com. Um, let me say it again, www.thingsthatgobumpmn, as in Minnesota.com. Check it out. Um, and I'm not sure how many rooms they have left at the Palmer, but still, if they don't, there's hotels around. Go. It's going to be awesome. Hey, if you show up, Greg will give you an uncomfortably long hug. Yeah, that's what I'm known for. <laughs> Just, just like I did in Reamer for you. That was exactly, my, that was my, exactly. That, it was a beautiful we call, thing. We call that the Cincinnati Bigfoot welcome. Well, that's, actually, that's what, that what should happen. That, exa- I didn't was not aware Cincinnati had a big <laughs> Bigfoot population, but I guess they do if they have their own welcome. But again, yeah, you're absolutely correct, Greg. The Palmer House, great location. I've never been there. This will be my first time going to Palmer. I am super excited to go. And I also want to thank everyone that asked me uh, especially Ryan Headley. He got a hold of me. He said, hey, Joel, you want to show up, man. I mean, you, you've got to know a few things hosting a radio show. And I'm like, I might know a thing or two about the paranormal. Mm. We'll see. So I, um, to be honest with you, I, I haven't gone to a lot of events, and that has been brought to my attention here and there. And we got one more big event coming up, don't we, Greg? Yeah, we're going to be uh, over at uh, we're going to be over at Paracon. It's in Monoman, Minnesota. It's over at the Shooting Star Casino, and uh, I I don't think you've been I, I don't know if you've been to this Joel, but it's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great um, guests there, but you know I personally what what I love about it is uh, going there and meeting uh, like-minded people who are into the paranormal investigated. When uh, Nicole and I did a table last year, all it was is people came up to us and told us their stories, and that's that's what I really liked about it. But uh, this year, we're talking about maybe doing a remote if we can or something yeah, we like are. that, if we'll I'm be, not mistaken. We'll be, we'll be doing a remote. So if you've got a story that you want to get out there, instead of just coming to the table, you can also come on live on air with us and tell your tale. And you don't even have to give your name or anything, but if you'd like to share your tale with the world, they're listening. Absolutely, and that's going to be a lot of fun. This year, uh, Paracon is going to be October 13th and 14th at the Shooting Star Casino. So I don't think tickets have gone on sale yet, but it's going to be going on soon. And generally, once they go on sale, you want to get those as soon as possible because um, they don't they don't last a whole lot of time. And like I said, it's a lot of fun. They always have a great uh, group of 
guests from shows and and experts and stuff like that. But once again, you just get a lot of people who are like minded and just want to talk, and that's that's what's where it's all about for me. Same here. I I love talking to people about their experiences. I I just love hanging out with them because you know they're such rich, deep experiences that you generally don't get on a radio show. I mean, these are like the yeah, everyone thought I was crazy, but I don't want to tell you the story kind of tale. And those are the ones I love to hear. A, to hear the tale, but B, tell me, hey, you're not alone. There's millions of people out there with similar tales. What, what I do like also is the people who come up to you and say, you know, I don't believe in this at all. And then they go ahead and tell you about five separate instances exactly. where they've, <laughs> they've had paranormal experience. And it's like, well, you know what that is, right? And they're like, oh, no, no, that's not what that is. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> all right, whatever you say, man. But I'm just telling you, that might have been yeah. paranormal. I don't know for sure, but it might have been paranormal. And, of course, you can meet us at all of these events and more to come. And, of course, we cannot thank iHeartRadio and all of our other affiliates for carrying this show to agree to take us on, take this brand new show on a third night. The reason for the third night is mainly and because it's you guys. You guys wanted a third night. You guys wanted more content and we are here to give you more content and your voices were heard by iHeartRadio. Your voices were heard by 105.5 UPRN New Orleans. Your voices were heard and you guys are the reason why we are broadcasting tonight with a new show coming at you. Deeper Cuts is what you guys have all been wanting. You want me to go back to the hardcore paranormal, scare you a little bit, make you scared like the original days of After Hours, and it's right back at you. That's pretty exciting. And yeah, like you said, it's going to be very, very, very uh, deep paranormal discussions. I love that. As do I. Now, Greg, you are the official newsman of the show i just made you that because quite honestly i'm sick of reading the news okay i do it twice a week all right i'm just saying that and uh this segment of news as always and we will mention this every time is brought to us by minnesota ghost box greg where can people see episodes of minnesota ghost box you know why don't you go to our website uh www.mn-ghostbox.org and uh, you can check out our web series and uh, we have other podcasts and stuff up there too but also we're also on youtube with our web series so check it out it's it's kind of fun we like it we were really happy with it great stuff great stuff and if you are looking for a top-notch tv program to add to your channel if you happen to have access to even a public access channel give greg a call he, great content. You won't be. You will not regret carrying Minnesota Ghost Box. No, not at all. I, I would. I would completely agree with that, Joel. Let's just be honest here, right? Yeah. I so. <laughs> so okay. Should we get to some news then? Yes. Let's uh, get some news. Let's let's now, get to the news. Now, this isn't new by any means, but uh, I do want to talk about it, especially as we're kind of getting into more of uh, some more serious paranormal discussions. And and I'm always interested in what people who are listening to us, what their thoughts are on not only just uh, the paranormal, but the paranormal field, the shows that are on, all that stuff. So this is a slightly more updated article uh, from June that uh, is from io9. And basically what's what's happening here is, not a parody. Watch Rob Lowe and his sons investigate the paranormal in the Low Files trailer. Now, if you haven't Ooh. seen the trailer for this show, you might want to check it out. You know, I, I heard now, we reported some time ago that uh, that they're looking for, of course, paranormal creatures. Cri- creepy cryptos. 
and we reported that they might have saw one. Yeah, we, so we, we touched on just for a second. I know you could flesh that out more than we ever could on the Thursday show. Right. And so what the article is saying is that when he isn't staying perpetually employed, Rob Lowe spends a lot of time thinking about how much he loves his kids and how fascinated he is by paranormal creatures like the Loch Ness Monster. It was only a matter of time before he brought these two passions of his together as a reality show. So the first trailer for the Lowe Files feels like an unabashed send up of everything that has come to define the CW's Supernatural series. You've got two brothers learning to hunt mysterious cryptids from their father, road trips, and classic rock song soundtracks, the ent- which puts the whole thing together. Together, the low boys wander out in the wilderness in search of ghosts and other fun beasties like wood apes. Now, this is the best part of it, of course, is anytime the phrase Rob Lowe investigates wood apes is in the, in the zeitgeist, you know you're in for a special treat, Lowe told in Entertainment Weekly. If you put Anthony Bourdain in a, Bourdain in a blender with Scooby-Doo, you get the tone of this show. So that seems uh, frightening. It does. It does. So. You know, I, 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 yeah, I could just yeah. imagine, you know, get in there, Scooby. Get in there. Uh so, you know, and I, I think it I think it raises actually a pretty good question. And that question to me is like, how do people and Joel, how do you feel about the fact that, you know, we obviously been having these shows for a long time of people who have been picked to do paranormal reality series or whatever we want to call them. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting the celebrities. You know, part of me wants to say, uh, and 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 so the question becomes, you know, is it too far? And if if it sounds like this thing is kind of, you know, it, they're saying it's not a parody, but to me it sounds well like a parody. It does. It sounds like something of a parody, and 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 even I watched the trailer earlier, and it kind of even feels like a parody watching the trailer. Oh. So I'm kind of curious of how they're going to overcome that kind of, uh, you know, critical thinking right away yeah and i and i have to wonder a little bit too about what effect does it have on the field in as in general in the way that people who are you know mildly interested into how the perception of what we do how that plays into it also well yeah because i mean generally speaking every paranormal show that we have um features people with usually at least claiming to have vast years of experience in the paranormal Mm-hmm. Well, Rob Lowe doesn't claim to have any experience in the paranormal other than interest, but don't get me wrong, it's really what brought most of us, almost all of us, should have anyway, brought us all to that table was the interest and maybe even personal experiences. I get that, but really, Rob Lowe, I, I don't know, man. You're going to have to go a long way to make me not think this is just a, you know, um, a, a grasping of straws of this kind of career that's starting to go into the winter of his ears. You, know? you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, the question I have for you, Joel, is when it when it goes on the air, are you going to watch it? Oh, hell yeah. In fact, I'll get the screener for it. Hell yeah, I'll watch the darn thing. Uh, we happen to be partners at A&E. Mm-hmm. So we will get that screener first, and I'll, I'll kind of tell them, hey, don't watch it. It sucks. If it's, <laughs> if it's no good and if it's great, I'll be like, hey, well, hey, hey it's worth your hour. You know, but I'll be honest. I'll be like, oh, I don't know. You know, you might want to wait till you can gorge on a Netflix or something. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing, too. It's like, is it okay if it's entertaining? Is it okay if it's light on paranormal, but it's it's more heavy on, on 
pure enjoyability? I mean, those are those are interesting questions. I don't know. It should be interesting I, to see what happens. I, I, I honestly don't think that he will make a mockery of it. I mean, looking at it and then reading the press releases uh, through the media, it doesn't sound like he's going to make a mockery of the paranormal. Uh, he, he truly has an interest. In fact, he... Uh, recently talked about seeing a Bigfoot for himself. I don't know if he caught that story in the AP wire, but he was claiming during this filming he came across the Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's very possible. We 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 could have come across a Bigfoot a couple weekends ago when we were in Reamer for Bigfoot Day. Some of us did. That's what I hear. <laughs> that's yes. the rumor I heard. I mean, you know, the yeah. only Bigfoot I saw was in a big, you know, suit, you know, when we were there. But, but hey, we, you never know. The guy with the mask that was balancing on top of his oh, head God, because was he wasn't very tall to begin with. No, no, no. They should have had uh, uh, some of the tallest man in town be Bigfoot. You know, come here. You're How tall are you? Okay, six foot eight. That'll work. Perfect. You're a new Bigfoot. I don't care if it's too hot out. Put the suit on. Well, they should have got Jack Lynx out there. They really should have got Jack Links out there. Should have got somebody out there for Sasquatch like that. But we did have a great time, and we yeah. kind of hung around, and, and a lot of nice folks. I mean, you know, small town big heart because they're all very, very yep. nice and endearing people. And then, of course, we went to the Rusty Bucket, and that was <laughs> that was worth the trip. If you ever in Reamer, make sure you stop at the Rusty Bucket. You gotta stop at this store. It it is just. Yeah. Something I cannot describe. I, my words do not do this store justice. No, I mean it's it's a phenomenal. It, it's it's eclectic. It has a lot of things to it, and the energy in there is 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 fantastic. In fact, I just got an email from the fine folks at Reamer recently asking, within the last couple of days, if I want to go back in September for the Bigfoot Music Festival. So I will see. I, I will find out if Greg is free to go to the Bigfoot Music Festival or not. Maybe we'll both go. Maybe we'll go check it out. Maybe we'll jam with the Bigfoot. Maybe. Why not dance with Bigfoot? Exactly. As long as, you know, he understands that there's nothing more going on. Just just a little dance, all right? Relax, Bigfoot. Relax. Now, now just one more thing on this on this story with Rob Lowe. I just, I just have to point out, my, I just cannot let it go. I don't think there's ever been a sentence in the entire universe that put Anthony Bourdain and Scooby-Doo in the same sentence. I'm I don't think it's sure. ever been done. I think that's the first time. And then not only that, but put them in a blender. Uh, yeah, that's that would be in one ugly blender, number one. Number two is, you know, Scooby-Doo, I'm going on a limb here, was not real paranormal. I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I got a feeling it wasn't real. Right. No, it's it's uh, it's certainly uh, certainly interesting. That's for sure. But I'll be watching. Um, I'll be watching, man. So I wanted to also talk about and and the the episode had passed, but I find it very interesting because I didn't I didn't realize this myself. And um, you uh, you're a fan of Amityville. Joel? I am. I I have my own thoughts on it, but yeah, I I am. So uh, the fine folks at Mystery at the Museum on the Travel Channel this season, and I, I want to bring it up because I just didn't know about it, um, that they did, a, they did something on a traveling museum that actually had part of the house, like one, one uh, plank of wood that came from the house, and, and they put that on, on display in this traveling museum. And I found that to be very interesting. It's the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult, 
and it has its own connection to the Amityville tale. And like I said, it's a plank of wood that came from the very house itself. The artifact mm. doesn't appear to be anything special, but and that's that's a good sign that it probably is special, I think. Yeah. But according to the museum's curators, it seems that some of the Amityville horror still lingers in its splintered wood and peeling paint. Uh, I'm cu- curious what that hyperbole is yeah, all about. Yeah, I'm kind of worried. What? Is it lead-based paint? Are you eating it or something? Because, you know, to me, and I've said this before on the show, and so I'm not going to hide it now. I have a hard time buying the Amityville horror story. I have a hard time with it. I have a hard time mm-hmm. simply because, my Lord, there's just reams and reams of paper that you can read about you know them being in financial ruin, them needing to get out from under this house, them using possibly the murders as basis for the haunting or demons in there. The devil made me do it. And then getting in with the writer and, and over a bottle, bottle of wine going, yeah, we can, we can make a story out of this. Um, things like that. I mean, you know, there's some pretty substantial things to overcome before you can sit there and say, okay, this was a legitimate case. And Ed and Lorraine Warren were involved, but there again, that doesn't necessarily make it a legitimate case. Yeah, yeah. I have to admit, though, you've seen that picture of uh, the little boy peeking around the corner taken at the house, right? I have seen that several times, and I don't know if it was a staged picture or if it was uh, truly what they say, a specter in the home. I don't know. It just seems a little too, in my way, uh, my thinking, a little too dramatically shot. The way a little too the kids, perfect. Yeah, little, the way the kids look through the step, you know, the rails and this and that. It just seems like it was creepy for creep, creepy sake. You would have thought you would have seen in the bathroom or something. You know, odd picture, you know what I mean, where you just... I would have believed it more if they were like, well, we we're trying out this camera to make sure it works in this house. We caught this, you know, where, where it wasn't maybe perfect. Then that maybe would have been a little bit different story. This seems like it was set up perfectly to sell the story. Very well could be, but I have to admit, I love that picture. I absolutely love it. Yeah. And it, to me, it evokes, if it's fake, it's it's too bad, but it evokes what a creepy picture should look like. And that one is just well, come on. top. Kids are creepy anyway. Come on. <laughs> Let's just be honest. They're, they're kind of creepy anyway. You get any little kids, you remember The Shining, Red Rum, Red Rum. Who the hell wouldn't think that's creepy? And then to have him, oh, man, that is creepy as hell. So getting back to the story real fast, I wanted to kind of read just a little bit more about uh, a guy by the name of Greg Newkirk. He uh, he put this uh, this whole uh, uh, thing together and he's talking a little bit about the plank. And he says, late last year, we were presenting a lecture about six of the items in the museum, one of which was the Amityville plank. We thought the plank would be worth featuring because the lecture scheduled just before us had a large portion dedicated to the Amityville horror. We already had the artifacts on stage, and while we watched the opener begin to show slides about the investigation, the light above him began to swing, and the Amityville plank started to rattle so violently inside its case that the crowd could hear it. It didn't stop until the presenter moved on to another topic, which he did quickly. Hmm. What do you think, Greg? What do you think? I don't think that something like that would happen on cue. No, but do you do you think it even happened at all? At at the presentation? Yeah, do you do you believe I mean that almost sounds perfect. 
It does sound perfect. You, you know, everything I, is perfect. You know, it happened at the presentation. This happened. That happened. I'm not doubting their integrity. I'm not saying they're they're fabricating anything. But what do you think? Do you think it's legit? I can't. I can't say for sure. It feels. It feels to me. If you just kind of think and feel about it, it doesn't feel quite right. It feels a little bit. Um, it feels like we talked about a little too perfect. Um, and and the thing is, I mean. I don't know how I, I don't necessarily know why it would be shaking and rattling as it did. It doesn't seem to make sense. I, I would want to see that for myself personally. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, wanna, gosh, yeah. I would want to see that happen. You know what? Let's see it. Let's see it. Do it. If it's truly as haunted as it being claimed is built, then it, you really, it, it should do it all the time be, because if it's that haunted and that active, that you should be able to put a camera on it 24-7 and catch all sorts of activity. Well, and you have to assume if this happened at this presentation that uh, there's plenty of people, because there's these things in the phone that are cameras now, and that people would, like, there'd be somebody who would grab it. And uh, that would be all over the place if, yeah. that, if that happened. Uh, you would think so. I mean, come on. Everything else smartphones catch, why not this? Yeah, yeah. You know, it just I wish no I wish that was real, but I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, I, you know, we've had Greg, uh, you know, the people from Weekend Weird on the show. Uh, we talked to them both on the show. Great people. Not questioning their integrity at all. Uh, maybe they had one put over them. I don't know. But it just seems very far-fetched that this plank of wood would start moving and, and jostling about almost if it was perfectly on cue. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if uh, and when I'm done here, I might uh, go and see if I can find any like video of it or any anyone else that has referenced it anywhere, because I'd find that very interesting. And if I did, maybe I can uh, talk about it next week. Yeah, too. Maybe we can get Greg. Uh, maybe we can get Greg back on the show. Newkirk. Yeah. Back on the show. Ask him, hey, what is up with this story we just read last week? What's up with that? Yeah. You know, tell us. Do tell, man. We're the Inquirer right now. We want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Who knows? I mean, that's the thing about this stuff. Who knows what's, what, you know, and, and the problem is stuff like this can be fabricated so easily now. The oh, stuff good. that, you know, video and stuff with the phones that we uh, use and everything else, it's, it's always hard to know for sure. I would um, want to, if it had that much, if I owned it and it was that active, my Lord, what a time to have it put under scientific scrutiny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, now we're talking about, you know, the perfect opportunity to show the paranormal does exist. Mm -hmm. you, you know, okay, here we go. Let's test this thing. Let's put a camera on it. Let's have people that were allegedly part of the haunting come around and see how that affects it. Get Daniel Lutz over there to see whether yeah. or not there's a, there's a reaction. Uh, you know, things like that. So very interesting, though. Very interesting article. And it'll be interesting. I'm going to reach out to Greg Newkirk over there, and I'm going to see if he'll come on and, and talk to us about it. Sure, sure. Um, do we have time for just one other quick thing we real fast? we got three minutes, man. Well, that's an eternity. Um, so I just wanted to quickly, I, I don't know if you had, uh, the guys talked about this, but the ghost picture of a young girl in the woods in upstate New York uh, buzzing about the paranormal at the moment. Um, there was a, uh, 
a young girl, uh, footage of her, was captured by a trail cam in upstate New York. It's a blurry black and white image of a young girl walking through the woods. And now locals are wondering, is a youngster a present-day person or a ghost from the past? Okay, now we... Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's that's a perfect time for you to jump in. We have seen so many of these trail cam pictures be doctored. You don't have to look any further than YouTube to watch, you know, people talk about their haunted trail cams, zombies in the woods, this, that, you you, you know, and um, it's not that big of a stretch to think, you know, that that might be photoshopped. I'm looking at it right now, and and I don't know. It's Again, it could be one of these deals. Now, I'd, I'd like to know the source. I'd like to put it under my own scrutiny to see whether it holds water or not, the photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know it's creepy i'll give them that i'll leave it right there it's creepy it's very creepy if you have a chance to uh check it out it wt wten had put it up on their twitter it was it's been a little while now but uh it's 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 a different places you can check it out see the uh, picture for yourself see some of the footage but it to me it just kind of yeah i don't know it's it's Kind of, this is kind of to me, kind of falls into that whole Amdeville picture of the boy because once again, that's a little too perfect, also. Well, exactly. When we come back from the break, we're talking about another haunted case, and that, of course, is the case that inspired the movie The Conjuring. And we are going to be having the one and only Andrea Perron with us on the show here. She's going to take us behind the scenes of that movie. What really happened to that family? Was it truly the way that was shown on television? Did the movie get it right or the movie get it wrong? What's the differences between that and reality? I I really, there's a lot of questions I have for her. Great lady. Be a lot of fun to talk to her. We're going to run a break, but when we come back, Andrew will be joining us live. And we'll all have that opportunity to hear more about that very case. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, you're listening after hours AM, and if you're listening to us via podcast, make sure you like us, follow us, review us, tell your friends about us, tell grandma about us, and keep listening. This is Jen McGowan, founder of Wayward Souls Promotions, a company dedicated to helping individuals, teams, radio shows, and others that are seeking exposure for the individual events, conventions, and shows. We offer a wide variety of advertising, such as web-based article, social media posts, podcast advertisement, and so on. Contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com, visit us on Facebook at Wayward Souls Promotions, and visit our website at www.waywardsoulspromotions.com. Hey everybody, this is Joel Sturgis, and did you know that After Hours AM and America's Most Haunted have a great new website out there? You're going to want to visit americas-most-haunted.com. There you can get all the new content from all the writers for America's Most Haunted, as well as the great haunted headlines everybody loves each and every week, as well as catch After Hours AM live right there, along with podcasts, past shows, and get to know your hosts, as well as contact us all in one stop. You're going to love it. You're not going to want to go anywhere else. So come to America's-most-haunted.com today. 
Anavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites, mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. Locally owned since 2012, our client-centered value has truly sets Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anavar.com. Again, that's www.anavar.com. You're listening to After Hours AM. Do you have a question for the guests or even the host? That's really easy. Go ahead and email those questions to afterhoursam at gmail.com. Are you feeling like picking up the phone and being part of the show? Call us at 612-326-6874. 612-326-6874. Come be part of the madness. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. Welcome back to After Hours AM Deeper Cuts. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis, right along with me. Greg Bakken. Greg, man, um, I don't know if you've ever had the honor and privilege of talking to our next guest, our our guest tonight. Andrew Perrin is a good friend of mine, and and really we kind of hit it off. She was a a host, a host, a guest on the show, and... You know, she's just such an open and honest person. And, of course, everybody knows her story, and we will talk about that. Don't worry. She, her family is the inspiration for the movie The Conjuring. Now, we have talked, Andrew and I, before, the difference between reality with what she went through in the movie and where they split ways. And, of course, we're going to talk about that tonight. And we're also going to go shift gears because there's so much more to Andrea, guys. Than just that one case, she has spent her life dedicated to all things paranormal. She really has a lot of insight on everything from UFOs to ghosts, really has insight on it. And I'd like to welcome her to the show. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on After Hours AM Deeper Cuts. Oh, it's my pleasure entirely. I so... uh, so look forward to my time with you, Joel. Ah, thank and you. And Greg, it's so lovely to meet you as well. And as I told you just prior to coming on the show, uh, there are I don't pull punches, and there are no questions off the table. You may ask me anything, and you will get an, a spontaneous, honest response to it. Because, you know, I'll tell you what, there too many people in life spend too much time uh, just covering their tracks. You know, just uh, they say something and then they have to remember who they said it to and then they have to remember exactly what it was so that if it gets repeated and yada, yada, uh, uh, I don't have time for that. You're going to just get it how it is. Exactly. And, you know, if I, if I say anything that offends anybody, let me apologize in advance for it. 
Uh, you know, I do have a little bit different take on the paranormal. Uh, there are an awful lot of people that are in this field that are all about stirring up fear. Yeah. And I'm about dispelling it. So, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps I'm the flip side of the coin. But, uh, you know, just let's let's uh, head on into this. And anything you want to know, I'll give you an answer. Well, again, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on. It's truly an honor. Uh, last time we had you on the show was me and Eric, and we never got to go as deep as I wanted to with the subject matter at hand. And uh, that is why we decided to extend it through popular demand to an hour and a half interview with with folks because it left too much on the table. That one hour was just too much left on the table, and especially with guests that are so dynamic, such as yourself, we really want to dig into it. Now, I'd like to talk about the Conjuring, and and really anyone that doesn't know what that is, Google it right now because we're not going to go into every yeah. facet of this is the how the movie was made, this is who made it, this is what's going on. Google it after the show. You'll get caught up. But mainly, I want to understand. I want to ask Andrea, how honest was the movie? Was it exactly what your family endured, or was there a lot of discrepancies? No, there were uh, numerous discrepancies. It was not an accurate depiction of what occurred in our home. Um, And, of course, they could not conceivably compress 10 years into two hours. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, to that extent, I understand. Also, the film was not based on my books or my family's story. It was based on Ed Lorraine Warren's case files. And there's been a subsequent series of films that have come out Mm -hmm. based on other case files that they did, other investigations they conducted. So um, I did uh, have two of the three uh, of my books, the whole true story, House of Darkness, House of Light, were already in the public domain. I spoke uh, as a consultant on the film. I let everyone know that uh, I would appreciate it if they would, you know, be as uh, accurate as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and an interesting thing happened. Uh, the screenwriters, who were more than amenable to that, found that every time, and they poured through my books. I mean, they just uh, one of them said, or one of the producers said my name, my, that my name had been on his lips every day for six months, uh, mm-hmm. talking about the books, and oh my God, and really, did that really happen? Well, the screenwriters um, tried to incorporate some elements of my true story, our true story, into the film, and every time they did, uh, the brass at Warner Brothers sent it back and said, tone this down, it will run people out of the theater you know, it was a case where the truth was stranger than fiction. And, um, you know, there are lots of fear-based carbon units walking around on this planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, that does uh, include uh, some people in Hollywood. It's what they, <laughs> they do. They, it, it's formula. It's method. It's what sold before. Let's recreate that in a different way. And that's unfortunate in one respect, but in another uh, it's a good thing because I'm currently writing three screenplays to correspond with my three volumes, mm-hmm. and I have a movie deal uh, that will be based on my work alone, and there won't be any tinkering with it, no liberties taken, no license. Um, it is what it is, and it's the books translated onto screen, and hopefully we'll start shooting by the end of 2018. I am looking I'm forward to that. I'm very excited. The books are beautifully written. I, I suggest anyone that's interested in this case or really wants the truth should pick up House of Darkness, House of Light. There's three books. Get them, read them, know them. 
because it's also not only is it a great book, but it's the true case. Mainly, it's a case file what you went through. Yes, it you is. Know? It's a very extensive, very detailed case file. It really is what I describe as a collective memoir. And, and I'm so, so glad that my sister April lived long enough to see the books come out, to see the film, to you know, have some of, some of the experience around this. She passed away on March 8th, and uh, it was uh, devastating to our family, fracturing to our family mm-hmm. and so many of our close friends. Uh, it, it's, um, I'm still learning to breathe again. Everything is either before April or after April in mm-hmm. my life, and um, I'm just trying to come to terms with the fact that my 51-year-old sister took the medication their doctor prescribed to her, and it stopped her heart, and that she was only one of 3,230 people that died the same week in this country from the same lethal cocktail of drugs, which was oxycodone and a fentanyl patch. So if there's anybody out there listening, if our inconceivable loss can save one person, Please listen or tell anyone you know that's on pain meds, do not mix those meds. People are dying at at the rate of 91 a day from that cocktail. It is toxic. It is killer. And you don't know when it's going to hit you. The only saving grace is that I know my sister did not die in pain. She did not know she died. And when she came to all of us after her passing, she was confused. And it took chip coffee to help cross her because she was unaware. She was caught and she didn't know how to leave us. And she didn't understand what happened. And it was uh, extremely, extremely emotional. It was um, just the most horrific thing I have ever been through in my life. None of us are ever going to recover from this. But if her death, can save one life, I know that will please her. So please pass the message along. Oxycodone and fentanyl patches are deadly. That yeah. combination is deadly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, getting back to uh, all of this, when uh, we were, we were no. uh, April came out to the set with yeah. us. Andrea, I just uh, want to first say, I just want to add in there that we are deeply, uh, we will offer our condolences. I remember when she passed away. And my, you have been in my prayers ever since. And I just want to let you know that, that we all love you and that you are truly a leader in this field. And a lot of people look to you. And you saying that is very brave. And, boy, it means a lot that, that you would say that and take that kind of stand. I just didn't want to let that moment go by without really commending you. And also the fact that you have opened people's eyes just now. So that's, that's pretty cool. Well, she didn't have to die. No. And that's that's the thing. You know, uh, she didn't have to. But I'll tell you something. Uh, I don't even know how to express this, but I'll give it my best shot. Um, I thought prior to the death of my baby sister mm-hmm. that I had as big and open a heart as I could have 
that I just couldn't love humanity any more than I did. I couldn't love the galactic family any more than I did. I couldn't be more spiritually connected than I was. And her death busted me wide open. It broke my heart wide open. And, you know, that's part of the message is that if we live our lives, if we don't just huddle in a corner in a dark space and try to avoid pain, but if we actually go out into the world and live our lives and integrate with others, then we are ultimately going to love and be loved by others. And the only true measure of the depth of love is the depth of grief that comes with the loss. And being bloodied and bludgeoned and burdened and bruised and battered, my heart loves now in a way that I never have. Uh, yeah, and I can't explain it except to say, uh, in the words of the immortal poet Leonard Cohen, "There is a crack in everything." That's how the light gets you. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. yeah, well said, and and yeah, you're right. I mean, we've all, you know, experienced loss, but to experience the loss of a, a sibling, especially a younger sibling, is a pain I don't know. And, and and thank God I don't know it. And there go by the grace of God, go I. But to use that as a platform like you just did is is extremely brave. That is killing people. That combination is flat out killing people. We have an opioid problem in this country that is killing people. And we need to get under yeah. control. And unfortunately, she was a victim. Unfortunately, all these poor people taking this medication to ease their pain because their doctor told them to, mind you. That's right. Passing away. And the doctor told them to. And now this is, we need to go off uh, our paranormal topic for just a moment. Absolutely. And I want to follow up with what you said. She took her prescribed medication. Mm-hmm. She... um was supposed to go in to have surgery the next morning, and she was in a tremendous amount of pain. She had degenerative spinal disease, and oh, they were Lord. going yeah. to put some cadaver bone and rebuild a couple of discs in her neck. She was scared, yeah. and she was in a lot of pain. And, um, you know, the thing is that we have a problem in this country unlike any other place in the world. And the reason that we have this problem is because the pharmaceutical industry owns Congress. The medical industry owns Congress. Amen, sister. The NRA Amen. Owns oh, Congress. Amen to that. And we don't have to you know, look got, any further than what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, and until the legislators in this country begin working for the benefit of the people instead of for the benefit of themselves, we are going to continue to battle this, uh, and there's just no way around it. It's time to speak truth to power. It's try- time to tell them, find your own way into office. 
Yep. You know, term after term after term. But if you take money from the pharmaceutical industry, then you are beholden to them. Yep. If you take money from the medical industry, you are beholden to them. If you take money from the gas and oil industry, you are beholden to them. If exactly. you take money from the legal industry, you are beholden to them. And the more ass you kiss, the more you turn your back on the average American citizen who counts on you to represent us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that, the problem now, you're right. They are bought and paid for by large corporate corporations to do what is the best interest of the corporation. Just a uh, case in point, the health care bill. Why yes. in God's name do we not have, like every other industrialist country in this world, a single payer system that Canada has proven time and time again is the healthiest for their populace? Yes, it is. And that also means that everyone is included and everyone is is paying into a system that takes care of everyone. There are two separate distinct mindsets in this world. One of them is all for me. The rest of you are on your own. And the other one is we are all in this together. And let it be made very clear what side I come down on. We are all in this together. We are one family. We are one race. We are humanity, and we are on the back end of a little tiny ball in the sky in a, in a galaxy far, far away from everything else that's happening in this burgeoning, expanding universe. And if we can't get our act together, and if we can't take care of each other and take care of this planet, then we are doomed to destruction. And I refuse to believe that we are going to ultimately take that path. I think that we are in the midst of a massive wake-up call and it is global mm-hmm. and this r- rise in consciousness is sweeping the entire planet and i am proud and pleased and more than happy to be a part of it in whatever way that i can be because it is time for us to wake up and shake things up and make sure that we understand each to each that we are our brother's keeper we are our sister's keeper Every act of kindness, every pebble that you throw in the pond, everything that you do to create waves expands that consciousness, and a human mind expanded does not contract. When we are at a point where we understand that we literally are all on this planet together and that we cannot continue to poison her because she will survive without us, but we cannot survive without her until we are at a place in mind where we're all seeing the big picture and we get away from the geopolitics and we start looking at the exopolitics Mm -hmm. and we start looking at our place in the universe until enough of us get to that point in consciousness and in terms of our own unique spiritual ascension that we are all undergoing in some way shape or form only then will be will we be able to save this Mm -hmm. world and it's a it's a chore that's Nothing less yeah. than that big. Well, you, you know, we, we inadvertently stumbled upon a subject matter entirely, and no offense to anyone here, bigger than The Conjuring, bigger than you, bigger than me, bigger than the show, bigger yes. than anything. This yes. impacts every person that is alive today. This impacts us all. We're in this sinking ship together. And it, yes, it, and we we're are. letting our leaders BS us to thinking that this is what's good for you. This is what's good for you. They have no idea in hell what's good for us. They only know what's good for them. Okay, well, so here's my question then, because 
I I totally believe, and I want to be a part. I want to I want to believe that we are turning around and stuff. What what gives you, Andrea, that that thought that that's actually happening? Because from my side of things, and maybe it's a state of mind sort of thing, I've, I, I've, I've become more despondent over the last six months, let's say that. Yes. And I, I've, I... <laughs> yes. Oh, I think we're related. Yes, yes, go ahead. So, you know, I mean, it's, and I, I admire your, uh, especially with what's been going on, you know, I admire the fact that you are so positive thinking about things that are happening. First of all, maybe it's a two-prong question. First of all, why do you why do you feel like we are turning around? Um, and secondly, how do you keep yourself positive and maybe how to keep people like myself positive when I'm seeing stuff that's just just makes me angry? I know, makes me so angry. Oh my god, the language that has come out of my mouth in the last 6 months. I did not know. I had this kind of anger in me. Sure. I didn't know it was there. Uh, and it has, oh, but I'll tell you what. Okay, we're going to go big picture with this now, okay? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, what kind of network are you on? Well, I mean, is that, can, can I? <laughs> yeah, we're on, we're on iHeartRadio. Okay, I'll behave. Okay. Um, and I will, and what I will do, um, and only not for myself because I am a lady, and if I don't have anything nice to say uh, on on the airwaves, then I I say nothing at all. Um, I was going to give you a little example of something that was said to me, but I will amend it and edit it. I was going to say I want I, we want truth of, we want truth above all else, Andrea. If you feel it has to be said, okay. you say it. Well, okay. Well, then here goes this had to happen. If it didn't, something else would have happened. Mm-hmm. It would have happened differently. This is all part of the paradigm shift. What I like to say uh, is the holy shift. Mm-hmm. This is uh, an amazing time for us to be alive. Uh, the division, the chasm is so deep and so wide and so pervasive it is literally a shredding of old and new earth. And what we are dealing with right now, I'm going to try to focus this very specifically because I think that people need to understand the dynamics that are at play here. Um, what we had was uh, an already divided electorate in our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we had were uh, a whole bunch of people that felt forgotten and neglected Mm -hmm. and just left out Mm -hmm. and they turned their back on their own democracy to support someone who is really in this only for himself Mm -hmm. and anyone with two eyes has to know that how they process it is an entirely different thing but this absolutely had to happen and I know that I will be healed when I can walk up to a supporter of someone who I believe to be the predator of the United States. And I can walk up to that person and put my arms around them and say, thank you, thank you for doing your part to usher in the paradigm shift. Now, there have been predictions for decades about the um, arrival of the fifth dimension, the arrival of the age of Aquarius. We are in it. Mm-hmm. This is it. And this had to happen, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because 
the only way. There is a constant duality in our world of good conquers evil. Evil always conquered by good. Always, always, or none of us would be here. Mm -hmm. So that said, this had to happen so it could expose the mindset so that it could teach us what is right from wrong, what is good from evil, what is um, uh, self-possession from uh, common good. Uh, it is uh, very important that it happened in, the, um, in all the teachings of all the spiritualists over the last 50 years, going back to Edgar Cayce. This was to be the rise of the sacred feminine energy, that which heals, that which, um, which ri- raises up humanity not you know not what destroys the fact of the matter is and i have a lot of men that i love with all my heart Mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is men make war women and children suffer and that is a fact that has been the fact throughout the ages you're absolutely throughout the ages and I just have a quick question, Andrea, uh, that that, you know, you talk about the paradigm, uh, the paradigm shift. Were you feeling that long before it actually happened? Like you knew that this was this we're, we're building to this. Yes, I did. Uh, and I was shocked. I'll tell you what um, I was, uh, you know, I prayed. I begged, please let it not be this. Please let it not be this, because um, I have until. Until this past year or so, mm-hmm. I have never once said that I hate someone because yeah. I had never hated someone before, yeah. and now I do. Well, I've noticed and it is. I'm, I'm, Andrew, I don't mean to cut you off in any way, but I've noticed a rise of anger in this country, yeah. and yeah. It, 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 yeah. just angry. Everybody just seems angry, and the old cliche: "Hey, man, where's the love?" We need that love yep. right now. Where, where is that right. love? And we need that love more than anything. So that's why, you know, I've worked very hard. I went through all but a nervous breakdown over this. I was so shocked. I was, you know, the first thing that I did was get on Facebook and I posted, not my president, not my country, not my planet. Get me out of here. You know, I mean, I was, I have, I, well, all right, let's talk about this. Let's talk about fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had friendships break up over this. I've Mm -hmm. never had that before. I was born in a Republican administration. I've survived several of them, you know, but I, this is different. And I have had friendships fractured and destroyed over this. And I was on the phone several months ago with a good friend of mine, somebody I perceived to be a good friend of mine who was so, so angry with me for verbalizing my anxiety about this and telling me that I have followers that won't even tell me who they voted for because they think I won't like them anymore. Yeah. And she's chastising me for, for, for being me. And mm-hmm. I said, well, I'll tell you what, I have never felt so unsafe in my entire oh, life. Yeah. And she said, well, I've never felt so safe in my entire See, life. Yeah. And I said, well, how safe will you feel if Kim Jong-un, just to be a provocateur, Lobs an ICBM right into the middle of downtown Seattle. How yeah. safe will you feel then? Yeah. And she said, "Who gives a flying? You know what? Yeah. It's a blue state." <laughs> See exactly. And in that I mean... moment, I knew 
how deep and wide and pervasive and disgusting yeah. and putrid this tearing apart has been. And yeah. what makes me angrier than anything is that when the one who started it and the one who created it and the one that promotes it and perpetuates it says that it has to end, then yeah. shut up yeah. and get off Twitter exactly. and do your job. Yeah. I, I agree. Now, Andrew, do you think now I've heard this murmured here and there that maybe we are truly at the end times, that we are at the doorstep uh, no, of the end? I don't believe that. I, uh, well, actually, I do. I do believe that. We are at the end of the Piscean Age and at the beginning of the Aquarian Age. We are not going anywhere. We are going to heal the wounds. We are going to close the rifts. I don't know how many trees we're going to have to build uh, or cut down to build the bridge across the chasm this wide, but we are going to do yeah. this. Because truth be told, we are all brothers and sisters. And if it takes a, a terrible disaster, if it takes a natural disaster or an unnatural disaster, whatever yeah. it takes, we will come together. We will love each other again. Because yeah. the fact of the matter is, we all bleed red. We all cry tears. We all want better for our children than we had for ourselves. We are all in common purpose. Mm -hmm. on this planet mm -hmm. and uh, there are evil people that are doing God. evil things um whether it be the leaders of countries or you know whatever the intentions are of these you know, humongous corporations uh, like westinghouse that bought up everything basically stole all right let's just say what it is stole all of nikola tesla's work yep. and buried it and buried him so that the, the machine that he created that would have produced free electricity for this entire world will not be the light of day until yeah. we take them down. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hell, he didn't even get credit for developing the radio when he was actually the one that made the radio. Yeah. Right. You know, so, I mean, yeah. he, he was, was a gift to this planet, and there have been a number of people that have been gifts to this planet, and they've paid with their lives for their brilliance, including yeah. Jesus Christ. Yep, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I hate to say this because we have to go to a break. When we come back, though, we're going to finish this thought. We're not done with this thought because I have some things I want to talk to a uh, Andrea about on this, on this subject. Maybe get mm -hmm. her take on some things. And we'll be right back right after this. Don't go anywhere. More Andrea Perion. When we come back, don't go anywhere. I promise. We'll be back. Jen McGowan, founder of Wayward Souls Promotions, a company dedicated to helping individuals, teams, radio shows, and others that are seeking exposure for their individual events, conventions, and shows. We offer a wide variety of advertising, such as web-based article, social media posts, podcast advertisement, and so on. Contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com, visit us on Facebook at Wayward Souls Promotions, and visit our website at www.waywardsoulspromotions.com. Anavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites, mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. 
locally owned since 2012. Our client-centered value is truly sets Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anavar.com. Again, that's www.anavar.com. Hi, Tom Bodette. If pop culture is to be believed, roughly 40% of all people are actually vampires or dating one. Well, undead or not, you can always save on a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6, even if you sleep during the day because direct sunlight turns you into a pile of sparkly coffee grounds. Speaking of which, we have free coffee every morning. You day sleepers may want to go for the decaf. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Author Steve Asher brings us Hauntings of Trilogy. Steve's first book, Hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary. This first installment of the trilogy tells us the tale of the Kentucky State Penitentiary and why it's so haunted. With every turn of the page will be something new and terrifying. Pick up Steve's new book, Hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and all better bookstores everywhere. After Hours AM, Deeper Cuts, cutting deep into what scares you. Welcome back to After Hours AM Deeper Cuts. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis, right along with me. And I'm Greg Bakken. And we are talking tonight with Andrea Perron. Perron, rather, sorry. That, 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 that dry throat there for a second. And we were uh, in a spirited discussion about things that matter. I, I know we, we want to talk about The Conjuring, and we will. And we stumbled on this huge subject matter that I believe as a host serves everybody better to talk about it than talking about the paranormal at the moment because this is something that's imminent. This is something that's going to affect everybody. And Andrea brought up some great points that, you know, we are so divided as a people and it's, a, and we're scary divided in a lot of ways. And it seems that the white house <clears throat> enjoys that division. And I pray I'm wrong, but a lot of people, even his own people are seeing the division that's being created. And Andrea, they not only enjoy it, my dear, they thrive. Exactly, exactly. Thrives on it It is the king of distraction and deflection techniques, and we have to be smart enough to see through all of this. I saw through all of this decades ago. My father saw Mm -hmm. through all of this decades ago when um, Mr. T decided to invite him to come into business with him, and they met in Las Vegas. And my father walked away from that meeting and said, under no circumstances, never in a billion years, will he get a dollar of my money. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, well, why did you say that, Dad? You know, and he said, he just shook his head. My father is, is uh, very understated. And yeah. he just shook his head and he said he's not to be trusted. Yeah. And that was a very long time ago. 
uh, I lost it for him, even though he was just a peripheral person, you know, like on the out there, you know, just one of them, yeah. one of the one percent. Um, you know, years and years ago, when he uh, signed an agreement with the city of New York and the state of New York to, um, uh, he was going to raise the uh, the building where the mm-hmm. Trump Tower now stands. And it was one of the most uh, beautiful and perfect uh, displays of uh, Art Deco that had ever been built in this country. And he was going to agreed to turn over all the reliefs on the outside of the building and the huge ornate doors mm-hmm. uh, that went into the front of it. All of this was going to go to uh, the Museum of Modern Art. It was going to go to the Smithsonian. It was going to go here. It was going to go there. And then when no one was looking, he had his construction com- crew come in and level the place. Wow. Because the fine for breaking that contract and destroying that artwork was less than the cost it would have been to him to save that stuff and to turn it over to these museums and to the city. That is and ridiculous. And I said, okay, that's somebody without a soul. That's somebody with no heart, no soul, no care for anyone but himself. And, uh, and I had nothing to do with him in my consciousness from that point on yeah. uh, when he did that. And I think that was in 1983. Yeah. Um, when he started rising to the top um, of, you know, uh, public notice, well, it started with the whole birther thing, which, yeah. you know, tail between his legs five years after the fact, he finally took back, yeah. even though he has yet to retract the lie that uh, President Obama had his uh, Trump Tower tapped, which yeah. would have been a federal offense and nothing that the president would have done. Uh, and everybody knows it, and everybody's clear on that. We have 17 agencies that are investigating collusion with Russia. Every day we're getting more information about more and more and more ties with Russia. This is and, all happening for a reason. Andrew, this is when, the when, Illuminati. When do this you is think... the Illuminati trying to take control of the world. And if we don't stop it, then we will be victims of it. Yeah. Well, you have a great point, and I'm I'm waiting now. Every day I'm waiting, you know, because there's yeah. a lot of evidence that is pointing, you know, to that. And, and and quite honestly, I do apologize for anyone that's tuning in to hear paranormal. But again, this is a huge subject we'll matter that needs to be talked about. It, it, it is this all, is part, all of part of it. This is this is predestined. This is this yeah. had to happen. It has to happen. Well, you know, I he is. Okay, this is, and this is what I lecture about this in churches, okay? Because people need to hear this message, and if they don't like it, they are free to get up and walk out. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling the truth, and I am a seer, and I know what's coming, and what's coming will make this look like child's play, because we've got, he's not going down without a fight. He's not going down easy. I don't care how many people walk away from him, how many people abandon him, his ego is running yeah. everything, and he's gotten away with murder his whole life. Yeah. So, you know, why would he think he's not going to get away with this? He's gotten away with everything else. Yeah, you know? very so, true. I mean, let's face it. You know, let's face it. Here we have somebody, when somebody says to me, I'm just one person, I can't make a difference, uh-uh, I don't want to hear it, because he's just one person, and he lit a flame under the cauldron we call America. And he turned up the heat, and then he turned it up some more, and then he turned it up some more. And all the residue, all the toxic stuff that has needed to be discussed for decades, 
that yeah. was hanging down at the bottom of the soup, just held down by its own weight and its own degradation and its own evil and its own ugliness, all started to simmer up. And then yep. it came to the top, and then it boiled over, and this is what we got. And this had to happen, because there were too many people in this country that didn't know what yep. existed out there, didn't know about the anger and the gun-toting yep. to- and the wall-building and the hatred and the vitriol. They didn't know. And what did it unleash? It unleashed hatred and vitriol. And yeah. people who are normally very calm and quiet and subdued. And, you know, I saw a poster during the big march. I mean, let's face it. Look what happened to this in this country after the inauguration. You know, for years and decades, as I was saying before, people have been talking about the rise of the sacred feminine energy. And when I, at the age of 58, got to vote for a woman for president for the first time in my life, I yeah. celebrated that day. I was sure she was going to win. I couldn't believe, I couldn't even allow myself to believe that, yeah. you know, somebody like him could actually be the leader of the free world. And we came out by the millions and yeah. millions all over this country and all over this world to say, no, stop, don't do it. Well, no, we did. Andrew, do you, and, you, know, do you believe? It is the size of the sacred feminine energy because women came out by countless millions and Angela <laughs> Merkel is the leader of the free world now. It is yeah. what was uh, prophesied. So here's here's a question because we we talked a little bit off air about this and and I was I was curious because you you had mentioned if I if I understood correctly that there is there was going to be one of two things that was going to happen it was either going to be this or something else like that was going regardless one of two things was going to happen and obviously this this happened but what was the other thing that could have happened well, the other thing that could have happened is that I'd be able to sleep at night and wow. that I would know that somebody that was emotionally stable uh, and was the most prepared person to ever step into the Oval Office was actually in the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw a sign, a poster at one of the marches. I'm, I'm a real social activist. I'm out gay rights marches, civil rights marches, yeah. animal rights marches. You name it, I got a poster for it. Sure. And I saw one. I saw one that was so great that said, if Hillary was in the White House right now, I'd be having brunch with my friends instead of out here in the rain. You know? <laughs> and I mm-hmm. thought, okay, that's what we need. That's yeah. what we need. We need to calm each other, help each other breathe through this, and believe, believe, and have faith in our system, because our system will not let this stand. We have checks and balances. We have people that are in office that really do care about each other and about the, uh, the common good and their fellow human being, not just how to line their pocketbook. You know, my father is so cynical now. He's so sick. This was the first election. He said, I can't even vote. I can't yeah. even, I can't even look at, I can't even look at his name on a ballot. I can't do this. I just can't. I'm stepping out. He's 82 years old and mm-hmm. he refused to go vote because he just couldn't bring himself to even take part in the kind of negativity that this has generated. But this had to happen, let me reiterate. And it did because it is an expose of humanity. We are seeing each other now in true light. And from the depths of this darkness will come the light. 
But the problem is now, if this is the true color of humanity, boy, we're hateful. It, you know what I mean? We're, there's more hate now than I have ever seen in my lifetime. There's more yeah. hate now and, and hateful rhetoric freely floating around than I've ever heard ever in my lifetime. My Lord, I have never seen anything. And I, and I have small children. And I ask myself, yeah. what are they in for? What am I leaving behind for them? What kind of America will be left when this is all done for them? Is this truly this the is a swan, lesson swan learned, song? Honey. Yeah. This will be ultimately a lesson learned. But what this kind it, I what I'm worried about cuz obviously things won't stay the same, but what what what's the payout for? What is what is it going to be the cost of of going darker before it gets lighter? You know, that's the thing I worry about. You know, I mean, talk about a provocateur. What is the cost to the lives of the little puppies in the puppy mills that just got deregulated? Why did that happen? So that the people who abuse these animals can put a few extra bucks in their pocket? Exactly. You know, scrimp on the food, not bathe them, not provide adequate shelter, not, uh, you know, uh, sell them to uh, other people that they know will fight them. Um, You know, what was the point of deregulating the puppy mills other than taking a needle and shoving it into the eye of every person that loves animals? Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, we have to ask ourselves these difficult questions. Now, let's go big picture for a moment. A couple of years ago, everybody remembers the dentist from uh, Minnesota, Oh yeah, when, yep. Uh, yes, Greg and I, hunt. Greg and I yeah. really remember him. Yeah. Killed the lion, right? Yep. Killed yep. the lion. The d- lion died in agony. The lion didn't die for hours and hours after he shot it. Uh, everybody in the world was up in arms. The man got death threats. He had to close his dental office. He had to go in, into hiding. He lives incognito. Nobody knows who he is. Yeah. He has virtually estranged himself from humanity because he killed the lion that was protected. Now, if that had happened 30 years ago, not only would anybody not know about it, they probably wouldn't care. No. That's how much we have come. That's how far we've come in a few short decades. And we are well on our way. Nikola Tesla said it best when he said that it will be the merging of science and spirituality that will bring forth the greatest answers and the most enlightenment for humanity, and will do so in a very, very short amount of time. We're in it. And here's the big scoop. Every single one of us is on this planet to make sure that this happens now. Yeah, we are, we're all we're playing all our part. part yeah, it. we're all playing our part. And yeah. I've also noticed, along with the shift of hatred in the country, which if anyone sits back and says, no, nah, you're wrong, there's no hatred, oh, my lord, watch the night. Watch the nightly news. But well, here's here's the thing, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Joel, sure. but I mean it was one thing that I found very interesting, and I mean in a frightful sort of way, is I really thought, you know, you know, for the last the, the previous eight years under the previous administration, to me personally, it felt like things were going very well, that people were being able to accept each other very well, and 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 lived better together. But what I found was with the election last year. There is a subset of people in America, and I'm not saying everyone who voted for Trump is this way. Please, no, I do not mean that at all. But there is that that sector who, fueled by hate, looked at everything that he was saying as almost permission 
to yeah. to yeah. fuel that hate further. But when you go to a rally and the guy's talking about talking about punching people in the face, what is what does he think he's going to incite? Or oh, absolutely. Or, or by saying. Oh, no, if you beat someone up in Fifth Avenue and kill somebody, exactly, and get away with exactly. That. Or, or if you get arrested, I'll, I'll set a lawyer. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. what, what, what did he think was going to happen? What did the country think would happen with that kind of speech? Uh, you know, uh, the thing of it is, is now it's spilling. Uh, well, let's let's take a look at law enforcement. Look at the. Let's take a look at the people. The mass of people have been shot within the last five years by law enforcement. Not even within the last yeah. two years. It just mm-hmm. seems like it's a whole big ball of discontent in this country, in this world. But now we've added what came up from the bomb that cauldron. We added fear. We, we, we added, mm-hmm. you know, we're no longer uh, tolerant of each other. Um, no one anymore is leading by example, which Obama did beautifully. Obama led by example. Uh, I do believe the current administration and gentle and compassionate man. And what we got was the exact opposite. Someone who is crass and classless and, and illiterate. And, you know, it just, it's, it's just, it's shocking to me. And yet I have to accept it. I have to know that love is the answer to every question. And Mm -hmm. we have to love each other out of this morass this dilemma that has been created you know if i were the president of the united states the first thing the first thing that i would do well if if i was queen of the alternate universe which my my followers say that i am (laughs) i would first make all weapons disappear off of the planet first all weapons gone then i would take away all nuclear power plants gone, disappeared, and all the waste that comes with them, and I would heal this planet. Fukushima Daiichi should be at the head of the news every single night. It is poisoning the Pacific Ocean, which, oh, guess what, folks, by the way, connects to every other body of water on the planet. Exactly, exactly. It's just a matter of time. They have different names doesn't mean it's not the same freaking ocean. And we have three out of four uh, reactors in meltdown and they don't know what that's going to do or what that means long term because we've never had it happen on the planet before how often in the last six months or a year have you heard the two words fukushima daiichi uh used in conjunction with with each other in a sentence Uh, let me tell you zero yeah yeah what they're doing what the government is doing is it's raising the acceptable quote-unquote level of radiation that is allowed in our environment. Yeah, and, and killing more people, and generally speaking, the poor. And killing killing the whales, and killing the dolphins, yeah. and killing the fish, and killing our so, food source. Okay, so, I, you know, I, I totally am a part of the idea that love does... Uh, it, that's that's the healer. That's 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 the root, right? That's, that's our base. That's our center. But the, my okay. question is... My question is, though, it's like you said, love is what's going to help us. But how do you how do you fill the love with the people who are full of hate? How do you how do you change that around? How do you change a narrative. Well, I don't think that it's my job or that it's any one per- person's job to change other people's minds. Yeah. Um, I think that what will happen in terms of OK, let's do this first in terms of the one percent. I think it's already begun. Um, and it began actually a couple of decades ago. 
that there has been a wave of a crisis of conscience, mm-hmm. um, including with people like uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, Warren Buffett, Ted Turner, uh, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> the Clinton Global Initiative, uh, bringing people in uh, to help each other, using vast fortunes for good. Uh, you know, I, I would call on the richest institution in the entire world mm-hmm. to do their part, and that is the Catholic Church. Yeah. Now, Catholic Charities is a good thing, but that is the richest institution in the world. Yeah. The richest human being in the world is Vladimir Putin. Yeah. And, you know, this little hookup thing that's going on here. The bromance? You know, a meet- <laughs> happened, yeah, the bromance, the little meeting that happened behind yeah. closed doors with no U.S. officials present that just was released by the New York Times about three hours ago mm-hmm. that happened at the 20 in Germany. Uh, if that doesn't, you know, every time I say, well, if that doesn't raise a red flag, what yeah. will? Uh, you know, at some point, the rats are going to realize that the ship is going down and they're going to jump off to save their skin. Yeah. And they might round too, because to support this mindset for too long, to buy into this mindset for too long, and what makes people think that the richest, I mean, Jesus God Almighty, Goldman Sachs is running our country right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've bought their way into a cabinet position of yeah. running our country. Yeah. You know, and what makes any farmer out in Iowa think that the richest people in the country that are running the country give two whits about whether or not his crops fail is delusional. But they have to come to that conclusion themselves. They can't be browbeaten with it. It would be very easy for any number of us to stand up and say, wake up, Jacob, look, look, look what's happening. Andrea, I firmly believe... That until, just to use an example, grandma dies because she couldn't get health insurance because of her pre-existing conditions. Uh, little kids die because they had pre-existing conditions. That's when it'll hit home with a lot of people. That's what will change their mind. But Well, wait a minute. Maybe this is not what it's all cracked up to be. I pray that well, doesn't come to that. I pray it does not cost lives before it gets turned around. Well, it's, uh, you know, the, it's the system that we have right now is actually costing lives. Mm-hmm. There are, are flaws in the ACA. And the mm-hmm. reason was because the only reason that the ACA got passed at all was because the Republicans insisted that the American Medical Association, the American Nurses Association, the ADA, the FDA, the pharmaceutical companies were all part of drafting that legislation. Yeah. If we had, first of all, if you're going to have, uh, um, you know, I, if the rich people want their concierge doctors, you know, their doctors on call, that's fine. You know, yeah. call them out to your special mansion and have them take care of you. Have your own little infirmary set up there if you want. And sure. all the equipment in case you have a heart attack. Whatever you want to do. You've got the money. Do it. Yeah. But I don't believe, not for a moment, that, um, that health care for our fellow citizens should be only a privilege. It is a right. And that we're working with an industry that's all about their bottom line, not about the health and well-being of their patients. 
until that changes, until there is a crisis of conscience in our country so that the wealthiest people in the world are doing their fair share, their part. Mm -hmm. If I were the president, I would get them all together in a room and say, I want each one of you to adopt a community. Yeah, yeah. Pick a state and pick a community. I don't care if it's in Appalachia. I don't care if it's in Idaho. I don't care if it's in Arizona. I don't care if it's in, you know, uh, in South Georgia. It doesn't matter. Pick a community that is in need where the children are not being well educated or not even getting any education. That's still happening all over this country. Outside of the big cities, uh, it happens all the time. I worked with children in a a school, with a school for kids that could not be so angry that they could not be maintained in public school. And they went to uh, this special school. Mm -hmm. And some people would say, well, that's a reform school. Well, no, it wasn't. It was something better than a reform school. And what I saw were little boys. I only worked with boys. That's all that were allowed in the school. And um, I worked with children that had been abused and neglected and, you know, just treated as though they were uh, just persona non grata from the moment they were born and had never had any real love or affection, never knew who their father was. He was gone before they were birthed. You know, I mean, over and over and over again, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little boys who were so angry, and we saved a lot of them. And some of the kids that I worked very closely with are in jail for the rest of their lives for murder. You know, because if you don't stop the cycle early, if you don't educate children properly, if you don't educate parents about educating their children... Mm -hmm then what you get is what we got. You know, what you get is exactly. Uh, just, it's yeah. The news occasional. It, it just happens to come on. And, oh, I saw his show. He's great. Yay, yay. Make America great again. Go for it. Pull that red lever and, and drown yourself. And yeah. uh, what we are facing now, folks, I, you know, I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. But everybody that I know that totally tuned in is saying, this is going to get way worse. Oh, it is. Better, it, it, it definitely we'll, is. We'll <laughs> heal from this. Yeah. And people will learn their lessons the hard way because his staunchest supporters do not want to say, I mm-hmm. was wrong. I was wrong That's about That's exactly what's going on. The big, I was wrong. They don't want to do that. Andrea, we got to run yeah. a break. One last break of the show. We come back. We're going to talk more about this. About uh, I, yes. Oh, okay. Okay, because I want to talk about the ETs. Yep, yep. We're going we're to shift and gears. At least we can say we had paranormal discussion. Exactly. We're going to shift <laughs> gears. We're going to talk about some extraterrestrials, and we're also going to talk anything, wherever Andrea wants to take us, we will go. I, I'm very honored to talk to you about this. It really is such a big issue. And don't go anywhere, everybody. We'll be right back right after this. No wreck, baby, on my heart. Tell it like it is. I can't shake you, baby, from my thoughts. Your pictures on my fridge. And I've been winding up the Moax records. Playing them for the kids. The old songs light up in the dark. Make me scratch my chin You're holding out your arms 
This is Jen McGowan, founder of Wayward Souls Promotions, a company dedicated to helping individuals, teams, radio shows, and others that are seeking exposure for the individual events, conventions, and shows. We offer a wide variety of advertising, such as web-based article, social media posts, podcast advertisement, and so on. Contact us at paranormalpromotion at gmail.com, visit us on Facebook at Wayward Souls Promotions, and visit our website at www.waywardsoulspromotions.com. Author Steve Asher brings us Hauntings of Trilogy, Steve's first book, Hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary. This first installment of the trilogy tells us the tale of the Kentucky State Penitentiary and why it's so haunted. With every turn of the page will be something new and terrifying. Pick up Steve's new book, Hauntings of the Kentucky State Penitentiary, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and all better bookstores everywhere. Anavar Media LCC is a dedicated team of professionals committed to helping business development scale and protect their websites, mobile applications, enterprise software solutions in the Northeast Ohio area. Locally owned since 2012, our client-centered values truly sets Anavar apart. Contact us today to learn how you can get 25% off your first project. Call them at 234-380-4852. Again, that's 234-380-4852. Or visit them at www.anavar.com. Again, that's www.anavar.com. You're listening to After Hours AM. Do you have a question for the guests or even the host? That's really easy. Go ahead and email those questions to afterhoursam at gmail.com. Are you feeling like picking up the phone and being part of the show? Call us at 612-326-6874. 612-326-6874. Come be part of the madness. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Well, I got an old radio song It's been rolling around in my head I've been waiting on you But I better not hold my breath And I got told that it wouldn't take long But I've been waiting here ever since I've been waiting on you But I Better not hold my breath. And I love the beauty in the mess we make. And welcome back to After Hours AM, everybody. I'm your host, Joel Sturgis, right along with me. I am Greg Bakken. And we are speaking with Andrea Perrin tonight. And she, of course, is a good friend of mine. And she's getting to know Greg. But I want to set the table for this last segment. Ronald Reagan, I think, said it best. How quickly would we put away, I'm paraphrasing here, put away our differences if we found a common threat, like an alien threat came to us? How fast would we put away the hatred? How fast would we all turn around and fight together, unified, against something bigger than ourselves? And the reason why I bring that up is because Andrea and I are both like-minded, and Greg as well, that, that we're not alone. We are not alone in the cosmos, and I do firmly believe that we are being watched by the alien brotherhood to kind of see what happens next. I'm not sure if they have popcorn or not, but I bet you they're enjoying the show so far. (laughs) Well, actually, um, the messages that I have received 
and I came out years ago uh, as an experiencer and a contactee, uh, much to the to the dismay of my entire family, because they wanted me to keep that a secret. All these decades, they have wanted me not to talk about this, uh, especially when the books came out, because they felt that I would be taken much more seriously as an author and just as an individual if I just stuck, stuck to ghosts, to spirits, because that was more acceptable than the ET phenomenon and, and extraterrestrial engagement with humanity, which is happening at an increasing rate. It's happening to millions and millions of people all around the world. I know this just because of my own followers um, and, and the letters that I receive, and it's been uh, a remarkable thing. I want people to just breathe and accept the fact that the galactic family, the brotherhood, and the sisterhood is there. They are watching. They're not taking any pleasure in this mm-hmm. whatsoever. But I wrote a thesis a while back. Um, I had an, uh, an event happened to me um, uh, probably about maybe within the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was uh, early in the morning. It was maybe about 4.30 in the morning. And I woke bolt upright as if I had been struck by lightning. And uh, I didn't know what it was. And when that happens to me, that's usually indicative of a loss or a visit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was waiting for the phone to ring. Uh, the phone didn't ring. I uh, went outside and I stared up into the sky, the beautiful sky over Lake Apopka here in Winter Garden, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? What is it? You know, you woke me up for a reason. What is it? And as I'm standing out in the middle of my driveway in my jammies, um, I got a flash of an incident that occurred probably 45 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was right after we had moved to the farm. Mm -hmm. And my mother and father took us to uh, an egg farm that was over in Connecticut. We were very close to the Connecticut border. And so... We went over there um, to, uh, to get some fresh eggs and to see the chickens and to meet the farmer. And uh, when we went into the section where they were allowing the chicks to be born, yeah. uh, I was looking at one of the eggs, and the egg was wiggling and wobbling, and I got very excited, and I said, Mommy, there's going to be a baby. A baby's coming. You look. And I reached out to, to, um, to break the egg so that the chick could be free. And my mother gently put her hand on mine and withdrew my hand, and she said, no, honey, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. If you break the egg, the baby will die. And I was horrified by that thought, that I had almost just killed a baby chick. And and I, I just looked up in her face and the compassion in her eyes, and I realized what she was saying to me. And that flash just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I came back in, and sat down at my computer, and I started writing uh, a a treatise called The Chicken and the Egg. And what I wrote was that I had come to the realization that they cannot intercede on our behalf. Mm -hmm. They cannot. They've done so to the extent that they are able. And the reason is because we have to peck our own way out of our own shell, our own three-dimensional, five-sensory realm that we've relegated ourselves to because we don't want to think of ourselves 
in the big picture. It's too hard. It's too draining. It's too much of a challenge intellectually for a lot of people, and it's frightening to them. So the 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 basic fundamental um, um, hypothesis that I put forth was mm-hmm. that it requires the amount of energy that is required for that chicken, that baby chick, to peck its way out of the egg is equivalent to the amount of energy and strength it will need to survive outside of it. Gotcha. So we have to peck our own way out. And then once the awakening has occurred, once we are understanding that we don't live in a 3D, five-sensory realm, that we live in a multidimensional, mm-hmm. extra-dimensional realm, and that there's teeming life in this universe, then Just... and only then will we be open to the notion that we are part of a much bigger picture. And this is about love. They love us. There are 57 different documented races that have either visited Earth or are actually dwelling on planet Earth. And that comes directly from the people in the know, in the upper echelon of the UFO community, of which I am a proud member. Um, It is very important that people understand that what we are dealing with now is a great awakening for humankind and that this is going to ultimately culminate in an understanding that is far beyond anything that we have been able to conceive of before. Uh, It is uh, actually an incredibly important time to be alive. We all have a role to play in it, and we all have lessons to learn. We are earthbound for a reason, and we are here to save the planet. I can't tell you how many star children I run into, how many kids come to me, gravitate to me, Mm -hmm. because they're seeking the message that I bring to them. Because I, 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 put them, I put my hands on their shoulders and I embrace them and I tell them that they're responsible for nothing less than saving our planet and saving our race. Huh. And they all take it very seriously because they already know it's just being confirmed. Sure. How much longer, Andrea, before, in your opinion, before uh, full disclosure happens and they make themselves known to us? Well, they are making themselves known to us in humongous ways, uh, and they're and you know I used to think, I used to think a lot of different things that I no longer think. Um, I've reconsidered my position on several things. I used to think if there was one psychic, then everybody had the ability to be mm-hmm. psychic. If there was one medium, then everybody had the ability to be a medium. Sure. I really did. I thought you know we're, we're all basically the same, and I don't think that anymore. Uh, And the reason is because um, of my own research and my own studies, and I'm finding that many, many of the uh, contactees and experiencers around the world fall into a unique category. Um, They are either blue or Mm green-eyed. They carry the Rh negative blood factor, as I do, and I'm blue-eyed. And they are generally either only children or first-born. Um, Now, I'm not saying that they were necessarily implantations. I am saying, however, that we have uh, a certain connection and that it is our job to to assimilate that connection over the course of our lifetime and then to impart Mm -hmm. the information that we are given because what we are dealing with 
here right now is a point of critical mass, not only in our country, but on our planet. So what is happening is happening to people all over the world. The greatest amount of UFO activity that has been um, captured and the world has been notified about in recent months has actually happened over the Crimean Peninsula, over um, North Korea. Mm -hmm. They're watching very closely. Uh, at what's happening. Uh, the Japanese are having yeah. uh, a, an awful lot of sightings recently. There's, you know, there's really important things that are happening that are occurring around the planet, and yeah. it is the enlightening of millions that will lead to the enlightening of billions. Okay, now when it's there's, not going to happen overnight. When there's a lot of sightings uh, of uh, you know, UFO activity, does that sometimes is that sometimes a harbinger of things to come that something is going to go down and they're aware of it and they are waiting yes yes it is and the skies are incredibly active now you know i was traveling back from uh, an event once and i had a very wealthy man sitting next to me and i won't disclose his name uh, but he was a nervous wreck i mean he was a wreck And I asked him what he was afraid of, and he said, I'm afraid of flying a commercial airliner. And I asked him why. And he said, because I've had my own private plane and my own pilots for for decades, and and my plane's being repaired Mm -hmm. in, uh, in Florida. I was on my way home. And he said, this is the first commercial flight I've taken in about 35 years, and I don't trust the airline industry. And I leaned forward. I was at the window seat, and he was in the center, and... I leaned forward, and um, I found uh, my point of light in the Mm -hmm. sky that I had seen a little while before I had started talking with him. And um, I said, come here, lean over here and look. And there was a a very large red orb that was following the plane. It was just right with us. It was just maybe maybe 100 feet off the wingtip. Wow. And and, um, he said, oh, my God, what is that? It's going at the same speed that we are. It's not, mm. it's, it's staying right with us. And I just smiled and I said, that's my security detail. And you're sitting in the safest seat in the skies right now because you're sitting next to me. And his mouth just fell open. <laughs> and he said, who are you? And yeah. I said, Google my name. And so he pulled up his laptop and he Googled my name. And I said, now Google UFO. And, you know, there I, you know, pop right up. And um, and he's like, "Um, what is that that I'm seeing out the window that you you pointed out to me? That thing right there. What is that? And I said, I don't know, but I know that it's them and I know that I'm protected and I know that nothing is going to happen to this plane other than a nice, soft safe landing because I have a job to do in the world and they're making sure that I do it. So and, I have, um, oh. mm. no, go ahead. Go ahead I, ha- I have a kind of a silly question in, in a sense of, you know, cause I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going through the most common de- denominator here. So I apologize for it, but how does, I mean, is there, I want to see, I want to see something like that. I want to see uh, a UFO. I want to see something. Is there, how, how do you, even get the possibility of seeing one i mean obviously i understand your position and how it happens for you and other people but i mean is it is it 
wrong of me to want to see one. It's a too uh, too like uh, showy and just I, I, they're not they're not they're not objects that just show themselves off. But I want to I want to be able to experience it. I can teach you how to see uh, multidimensionally in less than five minutes. Uh, you call me after the show, and I'll give you my own little personal primer. The most important thing that I can tell you mm-hmm. is that all you really need to do is to be open and talk to them. I sing to them, and when I do, and I go to different events, they have certain songs. You know, I was a professional actor and singer for years and years and years, mm-hmm. and, um, and they like my voice. And I go out and I sing to them, and the sky just fills with activity. And I don't know if other people can see it, but mm-hmm. it's very clear to me and anybody that's with me they can see it, and it was so funny because a couple of years ago I was at uh, the Upper Peninsula uh, Michigan Paracon, which I'm going back to at the end of August. Uh, it's just it's a fabulous event, and everybody came to me and said, can you take us out, can you take us out, we want to go out, we want to see the ETs. So I took, I don't know, 50 or 60 people with me out into the far end of the parking lot you know, where we could get as much sky as we could see and, uh, and dark enough to see getting away from the casino where the event was being held. And I just started singing to them and calling them and letting them know that everyone was there that wanted to see them and wanted Mm -hmm. to know and have this experience. And um, they came from every direction in clusters. And the next morning, John Zaffis walks in to the conference center and throws the local newspaper on on my table and says, you did this. (laughs) And the headline was, um, uh, uh, inordinate UFO activity over Sault Ste. Marie, um, hundreds of calls to the local police overnight. He's like, you so, did this. I said, oh, good. Well, good. If I yeah. did my little part to enlighten Sault Ste. Marie, whether or not they were attending our paranormal <laughs> event, then I have done my job for the day. And he just laughed and hugged me, and he said, I'm afraid of him, you know. And Chip Coffee is still, I'm afraid of him, you know. I don't want you to even talk about him around like, okay, then go off and be a fear-based carbon unit. That's yeah. fine. But for right. anybody that wants to have contact with them, I can tell you exactly how to do it. And it's the easiest thing in the world. But, you know, I, I've had the privilege and the honor of meeting a number of astronauts over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my name gets dropped in the same list of them uh, frequently, which is a, a great honor for me. Because I always wanted to be an astronaut, and I was told as a, as a child, that I couldn't be because I was a girl. Well, after mm-hmm. my father ripped the head off of that guidance counselor and I got a woman guidance counselor instead, um, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it was different. But I ended up going into philosophy instead. I guess I was just supposed to be more scholarly than, um, than uh, astronaut material. But uh, anyway, I want to read my favorite quotation from sure. my friend, rest in peace, uh, Edgar Mitchell. Uh, Apollo 14 astronaut, and he wrote one of the most profound statements that I have ever heard in my life, and I would just like to take a moment to read it to you. Um, He said, you develop an instant global consciousness, a people orientation, an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world, and a compulsion to do something about it. From out there on the moon, International politics looks so petty. You want to grab a politician by the scruff of the neck and drag him a quarter of a million miles out and say, look at that, you son of a bitch. 
Now, yeah. who do you think I want to grab by the scruff of the neck? Yeah, and that's that's the kind of wake-up call that needs to happen to realize that, you know, this is bigger. This is yes. bigger. This is more important. This is bigger than all of us. This is, this is uh, we, we are talking about, you know, our earth. We're talking about our place in the cosmos, uh, our place with our galactic brothers and sisters. And, and I don't know that we've earned their respect yet. In fact, I know we haven't earned their respect. And, and it makes me, it, it, I, I immediately get filled with questions because I find this utterly wonderful and fascinating. And, and are they, are they fine with us seeing them or is it like they're fine with the right people seeing them? Oh, they're fine with us seeing them because nobody gets to see them that's not supposed to. Yeah. It's filtered. It's How's filtered that already. for an answer? <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. How is that for an answer? My father, uh, my father has had some exceedingly close encounters and everybody in my family has. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually began at the farm, which tells me that there is some point of correlation and integration between spirit activity and extraterrestrial activity. And of course, you know, there are uh, those that have passed on who are making their presence known. And then there are intelligent, sentient beings that are quite alive, that mm-hmm. are completely circling this planet at all times. I have no less than 20 to 30 sightings a day. Whenever I look in the sky, I see something that is identifiable as, un- uh, as unidentifiable. And that is, that's why I get up in the morning. That's what keeps me going. It is my love. And my, they do respect us. They yeah. do love us. Please make no mistake about that. Right. If they were to all disclose their, their existence around this world at once, um, from someone I know, I can't, I'm so sorry that I can't share who told me this, mm-hmm. but I have been told personally that the reason that they do not, the ball is in their court, and the reason that they do not do a, a mass um, expose of themselves in the sky to everyone is because they anticipate that anywhere between 30 and 50,000 human beings would drop dead of a heart attack or a stroke or have a panic attack that, you know, dis- disables them. They don't want to hurt us. They love us. And, you know, the fact is that most of them are humanoid. Most mm-hmm. of them are, um, would, you would not be able to identify if you passed them on the street. There are several races that are, uh, let's say, less interested in who we are than what we are, including the greys. The grays are partially uh, organic and partially AI, and they're scientists, and they're the ones that are responsible for the abductions and the probing and the animal mutilations, and there are other races that are have, have basically told them back off. Back Can off. I, really? Notice that the abductions have gone down to I have noticed that. You don't hear that like you used to. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, and this is probably a, a discussion for a, a much larger show, and it might veer us a little bit. I know we're running out of time, but it, it, do you know, is there any any sort of alien uh, uh, cooperation with any Earth power at all? Like, they always talk about conspiracy theories of government or whatever. Is that is there anything to that, or is that completely nonsense? It's all true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the government I'm knows you, a lot more than they're telling. 
John Kennedy paid with his life because he wanted to expose the truth. And this comes from the foremost source, uh, one of the people that is highest up, that has to keep his um, identity secure, but who works within the paranormal and ufology community. And um, he's basically saying that it's all just been dripped out, just like Chinese water torture, just dripped out, kind of like what's happening out of Washington right now, <laughs> um, you know, but that, and that is to desensitize us, to educate us. But, you know, I think even though some of it's bunk, I think the best thing on TV uh, right now is Ancient Aliens. And mm -hmm. uh, all my friends that are working on that show, and I know all of them, um, and uh, I'm so proud of them for the work that they're doing. You know, uh, the only one I think I haven't met in person yet is Eric Von Donegan, and I'm yeah. so looking forward well, to that. Well, you know, it's funny uh, you say that. There are great minds working yeah, on this. because Eric and I are actually good friends, uh, Von Donegan. In fact, we had him on the show recently for the... Um, oh, please. Yeah, oh, Chariots of the Gods. I would love to talk with him. And really insightful. Um, in fact, it's up for download, but I will ship you a link directly to that show uh, i'll pop one in your mm -hmm. inbox you can take a listen to what he had to say and he he really uncovered a lot of things he's never uncovered before on the show because you know we kind of said hey come on eric what more is well, going no, on because he's supposed to honey yeah you know he's been he's been at the forefront of this for decades oh yeah i remember reading chariots of the gods when i was a teenager yeah you know i mean he is after i had my first full-blown knock-me-on-my-butt sighting uh, when I was 13 years old, and I saw an entire flotilla of ships pass over the farm. It left me breathless. Yeah. It blew my mind wide open, every single one. The big ship was, I, I don't know how big it was. I don't know how tall. I know it was low enough to block the sun, mm -hmm. and I know that the numerous ships around it were all in the shapes of geometric figures, yeah. but the big one was um, uh, it was it was like a, a floating piece of silent art, mm -hmm. absolutely silent. Well, well and and yeah. oh my God, it changed everything. It changed my whole life. Everything. How, how many of us when see, I saw that? How many of us see uh, extraterrestrial craft and don't see at the same time? Because I remember hearing a story that when Columbus came to the New Earth, that the, the natives did not even see the ships because they'd never seen a ship before. That they, that they mentioned that they didn't see it because they'd, they'd never seen one before. How like a perception often, filter? Exactly. How often does that happen to us? That we look up in the sky well, and we just, our mind will not allow us to see that. Will not allow, because yeah. we just cannot process what we're looking at. Well, my dad had a sighting um, uh, several months ago, uh, just waking up on the futon in his office. He had just closed his eyes for a few minutes, and when he opened his eyes, there was a vessel uh, right directly above the house. Uh, it was in the shape of a cigar, but with uh, points on the end. It had a round red band right through the mm -hmm. center of it mm -hmm. and windows all along, and he just leapt off the couch and ran up to the window and watched this thing slowly pass over our house no more than 2,000 feet above. And he's like, Annie, Annie, oh, my God, oh, my God, come look, come look. And he's like, what? why can't everybody see this? Yeah. Why isn't everybody out of their houses? Why aren't people in the streets? I mean, it's right here. Exactly. It's right there. And I said, Dad, because they're not supposed to see it. 
yeah. you are. And for all you know, they just dropped you back off. Say thanks yeah. for the ride and thanks for the enlightenment and have a good day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hear a lot of people have come to me emails over the years, listeners talking about, you know, maybe they've been abducted, but then they say, well, it must have been a dream. I couldn't have been abducted. But then they find evidence that, wow, maybe I was taken off this planet. Mm-hmm. But like yep. you said, it's, read the work of Dolores Cannon before yeah. she, she passed away. Read the work of Dolores Cannon will be some of the most enlightening things you ever read in your life. Read Whitley Strieber. And yeah, what exactly. And, and Whitney. Oh, Whitney Strieber, if you've ever had any question on, on whether implants are real, talk to him. And, yeah. you, you know, and Whitney will just blow your mind with what has been taken out of the human body. Well, that, you know what? Please bring me back on because I have a story to tell you guys that I have not really shared publicly and I'm going to reveal it at the Star Works symposium in November, but I'll tell your, I'll tell your listeners about this oh, prior yeah. to that. Um, because I know I'm in a warm and receptive environment and anybody that hate pre hated me because of my political stance is already gone. So, <laughs> Good. um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, we've got a lot more to talk about here. We barely scratched the surface. Oh, of for sure. We, we really yep. have. And, you know, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the show. And really, <laughs> it's been an honor and a privilege to talk. I always, whenever I talk to you and we do an interview like this, it is always enlightening. You know, you go in with notes going, okay, this is what I want to do with this interview. And this is where I want to go. And that's where I want to go. I throw all that all out the window when Andrea comes in air because I know I don't know where we're going with this interview, but my lord, it's going to be enlightening, and that's really the fun of it because I'm just as giddy as everybody else to hear what we're going to be talking about. So, really, has been an honor, a privilege once again to speak with you, and I we will get you back on the show. Oh my lord, there's so much more to talk about. There is, and I will leave your listeners with one message. Love is the answer to every question. Fear is the antithesis of love. Be not afraid. Yep, exactly. Exactly. We're at the end of our first edition, After Hours AM, Deeper Cuts, and I couldn't think of a better way to end that. So we're going to say goodnight, everybody, and thank you so much for listening, and we will hear from you guys. Tell us. Tell us your experiences, what you think, because you truly are not alone. Until next time. Love each other and take care of each other. Thank you for listening to this edition of After Hours AM. And please remember to like us on Facebook and also follow us over on Twitter.